This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good week and you're enjoying the start to your weekend. Friday, of course, yesterday. I hope you had a good end to it. It's always important to end your week well and then go into the weekend as kind of trying to maintain that positivity, I think, is important. And with Arsenal returning, of course, for their final friendly before the Premier League gets back underway, although there could be some behind-closed-doors things going on uh, in terms of more games before that. Uh, I'd be surprised, you know, if there wasn't kind of a game, maybe, in midweek, with there being the Carabao Cup going on. you think maybe Arsenal would take advantage of, of that period to maybe allow Martinelli and Saka and players like that more opportunities to get minutes into the team. So maybe that's what's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. Um, let's see who's joining us live in the chat. What's good this morning? Good morning to everybody. Black Shine. Good morning to you, to Odorile, to Harvey, to Jose, to Temi. Uh, good morning to Olu and Steve Stone, Stephen, Benjamin, Amira, and uh, happy game day indeed. Wilson Panrasta. I haven't seen you in a while uh, in the chat. What's good morning to you, Tony, Louis, Stevie, James. Good morning. Uh, Carl, Matt G, Antonio Machiavelli and Lynn. Good morning, guys. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Let's um, crack on with today's stories. First of all, of course, uh, yesterday I was joined by Andrew from Blog, and, of course, Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast. We have a good chat about Nketiah playing up top, talking about Mudrik as well, which we'll talk a little bit more about shortly, and on the Club World Cup news as well. You've probably seen this, uh, that FIFA are looking to try and implement a 32-team tournament um, in which we will see clubs, the best clubs supposedly around the world, take part in a competition. We gave our thoughts on this in yesterday's show. So if you haven't yet given this a watch, it is the last upload on the channel. So make sure you go and give that a watch if you have time. Um, fantastic news for the women's team, despite the consistent injury issues that we're facing. Beth Mead has signed a brand new contract at the club. A really nice video, actually. Um, they released on the Arsenal website where Beth Mead kind of gets messages from people from her past and her present. Um, reacting to her signing that brand new deal. So if you haven't already watched that video, it's a, a nice warming uh, watch during this very cold period of, of watching Arsenal. So certainly worth your time if you haven't checked that. But congratulations to Beth on her brand new deal. Uh, Juventus announced the squad that they'll be taking to Arsenal for today's game. No 
Dusan Vlaovic in there whatsoever. Uh, there's no uh, Chiesa. There's no Bonucci. There's no Wojciech Szczesny either. Lots of players are not involved in the game today. However, Manuel Locatelli is certainly there. Uh, we've got players like Moise Ken that is also there as well. Uh, Perrin, the uh, Italian goalkeeper, you'll probably be familiar with. Fagioli uh, is also there, another player that's been talked about in the circles of Arsenal. But beyond that, it is a very young team that is expected to be involved. Regani, previously linked to Arsenal, of course, Italian centre-back. Um, it is a very... It's a very young team and Arsenal should, to be honest, be beating this team. Um, they should have beaten Juventus, I think, anyway, even at the top of their powers. But I think that we absolutely have no excuses but to, to pick up a, a convincing victory today and see a good performance that should see Arsenal get plenty of the ball. I'm not even sure if Massimiliano Allegri is going to turn up at this stage because he's not brought many of his uh, first team players to come and play today. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, ben White won the Player of the Month and left a very nice message on his socials, which then got forwarded, of course, through the Arsenal channels as well. Um, so a massive congratulations to Benjamin White on winning the Player of the Month for November for the couple of games that we, of course, played during that month, leading then into the World Cup. Hopefully, Ben White returns off the back of this World Cup episode with more confidence, with consistency, and with fitness and readiness that we'll hopefully see more of in today's game. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale has returned to training with the first team. However, there was no sign of Bakayo Saka or Gabriel Martinelli in training. Uh, both are expected to return to training uh, very, very soon and could be involved if there is indeed a behind-closed-door friendly before the game against West Ham United on Boxing Day. Uh, William Saliba, of course, as we know, is the only Arsenal player now remaining in Qatar. Now, according to a number of sources, Pedro Neto is still said to be on Arsenal's wish list. Arsenal have a number of players they're looking at in those wide areas, with the main one, as we know, being Mikhailo Mudrik. But Neto is still, despite his injuries, despite his poor season so far, still said to be on the list, as is Facundo Torres from Orlando City. Both players are still said to be of interest to the club. And if there are indeed any issues with the, mind, like the priority players that they go for, they've got other options that they may intend to try and push for between now and the end of the January transfer window. Speaking of Mudrik, though, although there is continuous talk around his price tag of 100 million being lowered and even discussions more around the 60 million pound figure, there is an expectation that if Arsenal sign Mudrik, it still could cost them a record fee, which, as we know, was £72 million for Nicolas Pepe. It would be a massive surprise to see Arsenal pay a record fee for a player that doesn't start right now in the first eleven. But maybe stranger things have happened. And maybe if Arsenal want this player this bad, this is what they're willing to go and do. I just can't personally see Mudrik being... That I mean, I can't see us investing that much. I just can't. Maybe I'm being naive, uh, but I just can't see Arsenal paying a record fee uh, for, for, for Mudrik. It would be mad to see, to see us do that. But maybe that's the ambition that people have been talking about. People have been saying that we need to take this opportunity in this January window. And we need to spend money. Maybe that's the money that we were talking about and actually does show ambition of this club if we go and break our transfer record in January. Uh, and our headline story of the day, Milinkovic-Savic's stance on Arsenal has said to have changed. Now, when we were linked to Milinkovic-Savic in the summer, there were these reports that suggested that the Serbian was not yet convinced that Arsenal was a team that would be the right move for him in that kind of last big move of his career. He's now in his mid to late 20s. 
And if he if he is going to move, it's going to be that one big move before he then reaches kind of the twilight part of his career. He wasn't yet convinced by Arsenal at that stage. But now with Arsenal sitting at the top of the table, it does seem that Milinkovic-Savic is convinced by Arsenal and that he may indeed be the right player for uh, us to sign uh, during this period. We'll have to wait and see if it happens. I'm still very, very doubtful of Arsenal signing Milinkovic-Savic, but there are indeed reports to suggest um, that he has changed his stance on what he believes to be the right option for his future and that Arsenal are now considered worthy, uh, if you like, of Milinkovic-Savic, which I know will put some people off and they don't really like seeing players talk about, you know, not even talk about, but even suggested to be thinking about clubs in certain ways. But, you know, based upon what the kind of player he is, and he's got one big move left in his career, he's going to want to try and be at a club that competes. And before this season, I don't think many people viewed us as a team that's going to start competing for titles as of yet. That has changed very, very quickly. Um, but yes, that's that's where we kind of are uh, for that. So lovely stuff. Uh, anyway, we're going to move to part two and your questions right off. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For this. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box. Uh, I'm going to be doing a shorter uh, Q&A session this morning because I've got a busy, busy morning ahead of the game a little bit later on, of course. Um, Let's go to... James says, that's not ambition. That's just a recipe for Pepe 2.0. That's paying the big fees for Mudrick. I don't know. Every player is different. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't know what Mudrick is going to achieve. It's difficult to... um, it's it's difficult to see Arsenal, I think, paying that amount of money. And he would have to have significant justification for them being uh, valued at that kind of figure. But I don't know how much Arsenal will end up paying if they do end up getting him. It's going to be very difficult indeed to see Arsenal not have to pay a very big fee. I just don't know quite how big that fee is going to be. Uh, Max Days Black says, uh, record club fee, right? Josh Cronkey did say be excited with a pocket full of daddy's money to burn. So maybe that's what we end up seeing is the Cronkies going big this January. Um, Sam says, are you concerned about the potential political beef between Savage and Xhaka? Could cause unrest in a happy dressing room. I have no idea, Sam, to be honest. I have no idea if there'd be any issue with, with between Xhaka and the Serbian players. Have I seen videos of Xhaka playing against Serbia and being a little bit um, what's the word I'm looking for? Politically aggravating? Is that the right terminology? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. If a player from one nationality comes into a club and a player is making a judgment based on the country they come from, I'm not really keen on that player 
being at our club if they're making a judgment on a player just because of where they come from. So uh, I'm not concerned and I'm hoping I shouldn't have any reason to be concerned if we were to sign anyone from there. Arsenal were clearly very interested in Vlaovic, so they didn't think that was going to be an issue. Do you kind of see where I'm coming from with this one? I, I don't know why it would be a problem. Uh, let's go to Manu. He says, in your eyes, how much would you pay for Mudrik? Not what he's worth. What would be your maximum price? Hmm. I feel like 60 is the max I'd go to. But if we signed him for 70, am I going to go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe we did that. No, I'm, I'm probably not going to do that. Um, I'm going to be excited to see him play. So I'm really not sure that there is a maximum price in my head. It's going to be all about what he does if and when, you know, he signs for Arsenal, uh, what he does and what he achieves. What I would say is that I'm not really sure whether or not, um, I'm not really sure whether or not this season is what you're going to see and justify his price tag. You know, he's probably going to be a, a coming off the bench uh, last 20, 30 minutes of games, um, maybe starting a few games here and there. But whoever comes in in this wide role, in this forward role, they're not going to start right now because of the players that we've got. So whoever we sign is going to be on the bench. So if we do sign him, I don't want to see people saying, I can't believe we spent 60 plus million on this guy and he's not starting because that's not how things work. You don't base the player's quality on their price and the price does not dictate whether a player starts or not. It's all about the player's profile and the readiness. Uh, Ronald says, if we get Tillemans, that means we won't get Bellingham or Sergei Milinkovic-Savic most likely. I'm going to be real with you. I don't think we're getting them anyway, no matter who we sign in midfield. I don't think Arsenal have got a chance of getting Bellingham. I just don't think the wages match what Arsenal would be willing to pay. And I think that City or Liverpool are going to pay him a stupid amount of money that is just going to blow Arsenal out of the water. And I don't think Sergei Milinkovic-Savic will happen either. I can't see that deal taking place, to be honest. I don't see Arsenal spending 70 million quid on a midfielder. I, j I just can't see it happening. On Tielemans, of course, uh, yesterday, uh, we obviously had quite a long discussion about Tielemans. Uh, if you remember, there was a few people in the chat box kind of suggesting potential games in which uh, I should be looking at uh, should be looking at Tielemans' performances with some concern. Uh, and I promised that I would go back and have a look. Uh, Neil suggested looking at Chelsea, Brighton and Bournemouth. I know that Paul suggested Brighton. And I know that Viking in the chat box couldn't suggest any. <laughs> but uh, I did go back and have a look at those games. And I'm willing to give you kind of the, the argument around this. I looked at Tielemans' statistics from those games and watched back some of the the clips from those games as well. And uh, I then cross-referenced those statistics with his, his season average of what he's producing. Um, if we look at the game against Brighton, he had 90% passing accuracy, which is higher than his average. He got an assist in that game. He had 100% passes into the final third, 100% passes in, 100% uh, accuracy passes into the box. He received the ball just 19 times. Now, on average, he receives the ball 46 times a game. So this game against Brighton, that they lost Leicester 5-2, he just didn't get the ball. He didn't get any of the ball at all during the game. 50% um, of those defensive duels he won, which is lower than what he usually puts in, and he competed in six defensive duels during the game. He only lost the ball seven times, which is lower than his usual nine, uh, and he'd made four recoveries, which is lower than what he is usually uh, putting in. And he made two shot assists in the, in the game as well, which is higher than he would usually um, get during a season uh, on the average. So it's a mixed performance, but he wasn't really involved too much because he, he only got the ball 19 times during the game. I think that Brighton certainly looked into 
Uh, I think Brighton looked more to to stifle Leicester and overall that affected Tielemans' performance. Against Bournemouth, it wasn't good. Um, the, the Bournemouth game certainly wasn't. He only had 84% pass accuracy, which is lower than his usual 86.6. 60% pass accuracy into the final third, which wasn't as high as it usually is either. Uh, he usually has uh, around 80. Uh, he received the ball... Uh, 52 times, which is still significantly more uh, than he... Well, I say significantly, six times more than he would. So he was involved in the game. But he did get involved in 15 defensive duels and won 80% of those. He won a significant number of those. So defensively, he didn't look too bad. He also made nine recoveries during that game also, but didn't assist with any shots during that match. So I don't think that's the best of his performances. However, I think he was more so forced. I think Bournemouth had a great game from when I watched it back. And I think that they certainly were really kind of stifled uh, Leicester City from playing, which ultimately meant that Tielemans and most of the, the guys like Madison were on the back foot and really trying to get out and couldn't. And when they were. Now, the Chelsea game is really interesting because Chelsea was another suggestion that we were told to look at. And when looking back at this, Tielemans had a good game. In this, not just statistically, but from the clips I watched of Tillemans, he had a good game. 92% passing accuracy. He made 14 passes into the final third and didn't miss the target once. 100% of those passes reached the target. And he tried to make three passes into the box and two of those reached the target as well. He received the ball on 56 occasions, made nine defensive duels, which is more than he usually would across the season. And he succeeded in 67% of those defensive duels. So six of those nine were successful when he turned over possession for Leicester. He lost the ball eight times, which is less than he usually does in a season. And he made 12 recoveries as well, which is significantly more than he usually does during a game. And he assisted four shooting opportunities for Leicester in that defeat. If someone's going to give me the examples, this is what I'm going to do. You know, because I think it's absolutely, it's really important to ask. When you have this preconception around a player that's all about you don't particularly like them or you think they're lazy, you think they're slow. I think often the biggest factor in underrating or overlooking a player is to do with their speed, is to do with their mobility, to do with how fast they are, because that's the, the video game world that we live in. Not all the time, but I think that it is. And Tillemans isn't fast. Tillemans isn't going to give you running. Tillemans isn't going to give you like really high intense pressing. He will give you pressing, but as Clive talked about on yesterday's show, Tillemans is going to press and try and judge when best to press. That's what he's going to do. And he does that pretty well. But looking at the statistics of games that he's perceived to have not had the best of games, actually, he's still standing out in his statistics. So I would suggest to people, maybe consider the team that he's playing in right now. Maybe consider the fact that he, things are not going too well for Leicester. And what's also interesting is all of the games that I was given were from before Leicester's little upturn in form, of course, which happened towards the, the end of, of the first third of the season when they beat West Ham, when they beat Everton, when they only just lost to Man City, when they beat Wolves, when they beat Leeds and when they drew against Crystal Palace. You know, all those last six games weren't suggested as examples and yet they're probably six of the best games that Leicester have played this season and they've really turned their form around. And Tillemans has been a big part of that. In fact, he started every single one of those games and being part of that team. Um I hope that these statistics have provided some context to the argument that we in discussion that we had yesterday. Um, 
because I think it's important that when you suggest or have an argument that you back it up with statistics and evidence and facts. So I'm hoping that I've been able to do that. Anyway, uh, let's jump into the chat a little bit more and tackle some more questions. I know I've taken that uh, time to look into that, um, but I promised you yesterday that I would take the time to look into it, and I did. Um, let's go to... Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Some very kind comments coming to you in the chat box. Uh, Jabu says, Tillemans definitely improves us. There's no question about that. Add him now and let's win the league. Now, what I will say on the Tillemans argument is that £20 million is too much. £20 million quid is probably too much for a player that has six months left on his contract. You know, I think 10 to 15 is, is max what I play. And even then, you know, Clive talked about us on this on yesterday's show. You can arguably sell Lakonga or send him on loan and sell him for what more than what you, you bought him for and then bring the Tillemans in on a free. Now, the only thing that's really kind of pushing me to sign Tillemans is because I don't really see any other midfielders that I think are going to have an impact this season. Um, I'm going to see them having transition time and cover, but I feel like Tillemans can come in and have an impact this season and give us some cover. If Xhaka's out, I think he can play where Xhaka plays. Erdegaard's out, I think he can play where he plays. And I think that you could then bring Vieira in and play kind of Vieira, Tillemans and and uh, and Partey as a midfield free. Say Erdegaard goes, is not there. I think that gives you options. And we've got the FA Cup and the Europa League to come. And I think rotation is going to be important. It is going to defend, depend on the fee though. You know, I don't really want to see us paying 20 million quid for a player that has six months left on their contract. It is too much. Um, but I would be very open to seeing Tillemans join. And I think there are certainly um, people overlooking what he would bring into the team. And Namdi says, with the return of Smith-Rowe and the bigger recruitment pool from the Champions League qualification in the summer, why would Tillemans or any other centre-mid be a priority in January? I just don't see it happening. Because of where we are, Namdi, because of where we are in the table and because of the opportunity that we've got to potentially be title challengers for the you know the foreseeable future. That's why. Um, and I also, you know, names like Bellingham, names like Milinkovic-Savic, I just don't see them happening. I just don't see it happening, uh, unfortunately. Um, Manu says, we keep forgetting that players don't magically stop improving at 23. Mikel could have a solid influence on Yuri Tillemans' game. Just look what happened with Xhaka. Kabu says, Tom, you really like Tillemans. Uh, I'd, I'd say I'm a 7 out of 10 on Tillemans. Um, I think I like a lot of other players more than Tillemans. You know, if it's a choice between Sonny Milinkovic-Savic and Tillemans, it's Milinkovic-Savic all day long. Um, so don't let that affect what you think of me with the opinion of Tielemans because it's not about really liking the player. I really like Dominic Zoboslai. I really like Marco Asensio. Would I sign either of them right now? No. So it's not to do with that. And that's not the reason why I'm supporting this idea. I think it's because he's the best potential option this January to give us an immediate impact and add quality to the team. So there you go. Um, Wilson says, oh, come on, Tom. 20 million is a reasonable amount of money for Tielemans. This guy is Premier League proven and a very good player. If he was on a five-year contract, maybe, uh, but not with six months left on his deal. 20 million is a lot of money. A lot of money. And uh, I don't really want to see Arsenal overpaying for a player that they can get for free in the summer and potentially undermining what we might be able to do with other players in this January window. You've got to be smart. You've got to be cautious. You've got to make sure that you you make the right decisions. That's really, really important. Uh, Benjamin Clark says, Tom, are we in danger of looking very silly this January? Either we pay too much for Mudrick or again miss out on a target. And that's the whole world knows that we are after him. It's, it's always the danger, Ben, Benjamin, sorry. I know that you Benjamins are very keen on being called Benjamin. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that it's 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 a risk either way. You're always going to take a risk. You're always going to have to, you know, 
push the boat out a bit when you make a signing or don't, you need to make sure that you get the right players for the right price. And sometimes you don't do that. But what I would say is that I think we should have faith in the people making the decisions at the club right now because I think they've given us enough reason to have faith in them. So whatever happens this winter, other than if we sign nobody, I will certainly um, I will certainly back it. I will certainly be open to seeing what the players they sign are. Benjamin Clark says, no, Ben is just fine, Tom. No, it's not. <laughs> I know it's not. Your people, the Benjamins of the world, must be called by their full name. That's how it works. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a genuine pleasure. Sorry for the slightly shorter show. As I say, I'll be at the Emirates a little bit later on today covering Arsenal's game against Juventus. Very much looking forward to getting there. Hopefully travel's not going to be too bad. No trains today because the train strike. So if you are indeed planning on going to the game, make sure you do check how you're getting there. Stay safe. Stay warm because it's going to be very, very cold. Um, but most, most importantly, have a great weekend. I'll see you tomorrow. Go watch the show I did with Ask Blog and Clive. Certainly worth your time. And other than that, I'll see you very, 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 very soon. I don't know why I'm losing it. I am. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.